Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Man, I am loving that new music. It is fantastic. It's pretty cool. It is very, very cool. I love it. Hey, and welcome everybody. We are glad you're here. And I know you're listening in wherever you're at. And uh, we're excited for a conversation. Doing a lot Mm -hmm. better this week. And we have some thoughts and we're going to go into this, um, this whole conversation. And, uh, I, I guess Zach, what really triggered this conversation for you? Um, like what started it off, what kicked it off in your mind that you were just, I just, somebody see, asked I just, you something. I just, yeah, I've had a few conversations with people, young people recently. And, uh, I think that kind of kicked or did a tipping point for some thoughts that I had, of things that I have seen lately. Yeah. And you're just frustrated or are you just like, Hey, we need to be better or what is it? Like, where are you coming from? I've just observed a a difference in the, uh, I would say Christian culture and the, our immediate community and some of the, um, I don't know, ways that our, our culture is a a culture is expressing itself. I don't know how to word that. Hmm. Maybe I'm just I easier way to word it. I think I'm just seeing an overall sense of conforming to the world more than before. In everybody in our Christian community. In our Christian communities. Now are you yeah. talking about like everybody in our Christian communities? Are we talking about just the young adults, the youth, uh, the the I don't know. Like where are you seeing this? Like Probably in overall in general. But definitely I I see in young people a lot yeah and i think there's a lot of reasons and a lot of things there can can contribute to that i think that's kind of what we're gonna talk about right okay um and get into so i i guess we didn't really say what we're talking about here but we're talking about cultural conformity and whatever that means and um the overall the overall idea of be in the world but not of it right and i think we're seeing a pattern that's the word i was looking for earlier a pattern of becoming more of the world, which is not what we're called to do. Yeah. And I, I okay. So I can fully see that. And I agree with yeah. you. I think, I think we're seeing, um, okay. So 30 years ago, we used this term backsliding. Like mm. We're sliding backwards. Like we've made ground and we've, we've taken ground and now we're like, Oh, I'm tired. And we just slide backwards. Like, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to push right. that that car out of the ditch in the winter time and you just get it rocking forward and it gets a little bit further and you're like oh and we're all done and you take your foot off the gas and you just slide backwards and you're like yeah yeah i think we're we're almost in that spot where like hey are we going to be worse off than when we started here mm. like are we just we're just losing ground um and uh and i think i think you're right i think there is this like oh lazy uh exhausted approach maybe to uh, our culture around us, this conformity. Um, so one, I think maybe maybe we are, as Christians, we're, we're getting lazy to it. But I also think too, there's a really like, uh, I love this word, insidious. Like there's something like Darth Sidious about this whole thing that it's, it's sneaky uh-huh. darkness that is um, 
slowly eroding our our holiness you know like our yeah and we're we're to be like christ and yet we're like well yeah hey jesus went to parties i'm like yeah but he didn't get plastered he didn't right (laughs) like we don't read that jesus went and he was the life of the party because he was um two sheets to the wind and gone and uh he made more wine so that he could drink it um yeah and it's that but the attitude i'm seeing in uh in the people around are more like well you know jesus made wine let's just enjoy it and live life for today and it's like well yeah like I can enjoy a glass of wine without having to get uh, knackered. And I remember just coming up with different words for drunk. Isn't this amazing? Okay. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try and redeem some of these words today um, in so, our conversation. Uh, I'm going to cut you off for a sec. I, just, Please. I didn't actually know what insidious meant, so I looked it up quick. Proceeding in a gradual, subtle way, but with harmful effects. So that's a very good word. I think yeah. that is exactly Satan's goal for us, right? Oh yeah, and and Julia and I have been talking about it a lot in the last maybe two three months. Just that mm-hmm. word, like it's such a great word for today. That we're slowly seeing the church erode. We're slowly seeing our culture erode. We're slowly seeing to the point where we don't even realize it's eroding. Right? right. And then you walk out one day and you're like, whoa, there's a cliff outside my front door. Mm. And how did that happen? It just was this slow erosion that we just became numb to. And then we're watching, especially our teens and our young adults, just like step out the front door and fall off this cliff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah. And it's really scary. It's insidious because we don't even see it coming. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so I guess let's go with, start with like the, I think we're going to do a couple weeks, maybe three weeks on this um, this general topic of conforming to the world or being in the world, not of it. I there's other ways to describe that. I don't, we haven't really decided yet, um, whatever the title of this episode is. Uh, <laughs> so cultural conformity is probably what it'll be. Yeah, but and it's, it's not like we're go, we're not we're ahead. not proponents of cultural conformity. We're saying yes. God's called us not to conform. Yeah, this is where it's just the title is the problem. Cultural yeah. conformity is the yeah. issue that we're Amen. talking about. Okay, so I guess we could go over some of the uh, base or foundation to this topic. Um, where is our biblical evidence that that's wrong? And what are we grounding this whole, uh, all of the subtopics that are going to come off of this main topic? Where are we, where are we grounding them on, I guess? Yeah. Okay. So, let's, let's do that. And and let's go through those bases. And then uh, I just kind of want to say too, like, um, we've had people come and talk to us. And so it's become an, a topic that we're aware of. And yeah. we're coming at this topic from grace and love. And mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to come at this. We talked a couple of weeks ago about what it was to be a judge. So we're trying to come at this like you and I, not as judges, not as like passing sentence on one another, but we're going to try and come at this with love and grace. Uh, we want to see each other live and grow in Jesus and not in legalism, right? Mm. So I think we need to 
to find a balance between legalism and license. And I yeah. see the sense that so many of the things I'm seeing are in response to legalism. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we just love each other and it doesn't matter what the heck we do. I yep. can do anything I want because uh, God loves me and I'm in grace and so I'm just going to go with it. And that's least, yeah. like that's license. And, and it's mm-hmm. in response to like, I grew up in a home or I grew up in a place where like no drugs, no alcohol, no music, no rock and roll, no cards, no mu- movies. Like, yeah, like yeah. it was so legalistic. Like we put a fence around a fence around a fence around a fence to keep us yeah. safe. And then we're like, okay, I'm outside the fence. Where's the beer? Um, yeah. <laughs> where's the weed? Like, like that, that, that chick looks awesome or that dude looks hot and, and we're just going to chase it. And, or like, here's this, this right. social justice issue. I'm just going to jump all over it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're not living like Jesus. We're just pursuing whatever. We're just going with the crowd. So yeah. we're trying to come at this with grace and love <clears throat> for life and growth, not for legalism, not to judge, not to, uh, assume that you're being made in our image, but we want to be made in God's image. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's the huge part of it is that I've seen the swing from we were one, we were too far one way on the legalist side of things, and I think we've attempted to correct that, and we've swung way too far the other way to what oh, you yeah. would call license. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, Conformity, no, that's a good word. Right, alliteration is always fun. So, hey, thanks, thanks. Why not? It's it's a <coughs> subtle hint at at being a preacher that I'm not. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you kind of touched on it there that our some of our subtopics, drugs, alcohol, sexuality, or sexual morality, uh, and social justice slash slash other cultural things like that. Um, so those are kind of some of the things we're looking at. Um talking about as sort of subcategory within these uh within this main category but let's get this grounding for the main category or the main topic here first and uh establish that because it, it does re- it does have relevance to all of the subtopics all right so you want to you want to you want to run with that there you got uh your bible open there for you yeah go for it on my screen yeah i give it <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about first? You want to go Galatians give her, 5? Give her one time. Yeah. Okay. Yes, bye. Uh, so Galatians 1, or sorry, Galatians 5, uh, 16. I'm going to read yeah. from the NIV, if that's good with you. Yeah. Do you want to start at 13 or 16? Go uh, for it. 16 is fine. So give I her. say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Uh, how far am I going? To 20-something? 20 22, 23. Uh, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh, I'm sure you all know that last little part there. Is that good? 
I don't know if they always know the last little part there. We know that fruit of the spirit, but I don't know that we go all the way to the end of the verse there where it's like... 24. (laughs) Yeah, where you've crucified your passions (laughs) with Christ. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I like that. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. That's a great part right there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm sure you've heard the fruit of the spirit part in some wedding, but... um, In some wedding. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or at some okay. point somewhere. That's good. No, someone never at camp. In, something like that. We don't I talk about know, that at camp. I guess. I guess in weddings, <laughs> they use the First Corinthians one usually, right? Remember the last time you went to church and they Love talked is. about this. Yeah, last we used to have a song we sang ago. in chapel, as the fruit of the spirit. Really? Yeah. Okay, and the other one I we like had papaya. was Romans Romans twelve one. Mangoes are sweet. One yep. or two. Yep, a living sacrifice Therefore, to God. Okay, you want to do it or me? I want to do this one. Okay, I would like okay. it if you did this one. NLT. So, brothers mm. and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Uh, it says in verse two there, don't copy the behavior and customers, behaviors and customs of this world. But <laughs> yeah. in, in another, um, I think in the NIV, it says, do not conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Yeah. But be transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Okay, so those are kind then, of the verses that give us... Um, and we were also thinking First Corinthians chapter 6. Like this isn't... Oh, yeah. And it's sure. also good to see here. Like this isn't stuff that we're coming at you and saying, this is how Zach and Terry feel. This is pretty yeah. consistent through the Bible. The and, Bible. And, and Paul is writing these and he's actually quite a learned Bible scholar from the Old Testament. And so he's just building on themes that God's already established. In the Old Testament yeah. to the New under grace and saying, okay, now we actually have the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We are now not just the temple in Jerusalem, but the temple of God is you and me. God is in us and we need to be transformed. We need to not be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think what's it say in First Corinthians there? Uh, we got, I have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, not everything's beneficial. I think that's important. Yeah. And he's talking to the Corinthians and he's talking to them about what they're eating and what they're drinking and who they're sleeping with mm-hmm. and um, what they're practicing, like witchcraft and idolatry. Um, is very real and prevalent in these cultures, uh, in that Greek, Ro- Greco-Roman world. Uh, but it's not uncommon, actually, for where we are at here, right? People, right. like, we don't call it witchcraft and idolatry anymore. Uh, we call it consumerism and astrology and numerology and new age and yeah. uh, meditation. And, and not, like, Christian meditation, but, like, Meditation to seek a higher being or an emptiness or a cosmic force that's going to, 
you know, not the force from Star Wars, but like there's a, there's something beyond. And so I think it's really important for us to see like, like Paul, people say, well, context. And it's like, well, Paul's context is actually pretty similar to where we live here in Canada, North America. Right. Western culture. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking? Here. Like, yeah, I had another thing I wanted to read. Noise. I'm going to read it now. Okay, go. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just loading it. Loading, loading. You uh, see the little thing spinning around okay. your head. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Christians compromise under cultural pressure because of three reasons. Uh, they don't rightly understand the scriptures. Number two, they don't, or they commit the sin of self-preservation. Or number three, they are spiritually dead uh, religious people who have not conviction because they have not the Holy Spirit. Saw that random thing. What do you think of it? Um, so we misunderstand scripture. I'm just trying to write it down really quick as you say it. Uh, uh, self-preservation yep. to save ourselves. One, we misunderstand scripture or we mis- I would say we almost misinterpret it to fit. Yeah. Uh, self-preservation and spiritually mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think those are things that really, I would say in my own life, when I've gone through periods of conf- of of wanting to be of the world rather than of God, right? Yeah. Where I'm trying to fit in, I just want to be like everybody else or those things. I would say it's often because I've taken scripture and read it and applied it to my life. So I'm trying to make God in my image, not right. happy with what scripture says, so I'm going to misinterpret this or misunderstand it i also think that there's self-preservation is huge like i just don't want to be on the outside and uh yeah yeah and and i can't say i stayed in those places very long i was i'm i'm a change maker like i i'm a troublemaker i don't mind being the weirdo i I never did in school (laughs) or church and i think i can see in, in times even in church where it's like, well, we're calling out this sin in front of people, and yet we're fully gossiping and full of prejudice, and we can't allow that to happen. And so, again, right. I, I can't just go with the flow for self-preservation. I have to stand up against this, and, and people don't right. always appreciate that, but I've come to learn with it. I think that's really true. Do you, where did you find that? Where do you see that? online that's very nice that's yeah. a that's a great um <laughs> if you From, put that uh, in your essay at school you're screwed where'd you find this oh i found it online okay. dale partridge okay said that i don't know who he is <laughs> i don't know this is really good it's really good uh, okay. it's, it's probably so, it's pretty accurate i would think so this is kind of our our basis or our ground for the subtopics that we're going to discuss um one of those being drugs and alcohol, which I think is the one we wanted to get into today. Um, I think it's the one that sparked this whole conversation, at least for me, because I've really seen a, I really like the word pattern here, a pattern of um, indulgence in alcohol uh, consistently, as well as a 
uh, an interest in the newly legal marijuana. And I find it very interesting that our Christian culture, at least in our community, our immediate community around here, has shifted so hard from what was probably too legalistic in some of, in on these topics to now what is far too liberal or licensed um, for these things. I don't know if you feel the same, Terry, or what? Do you want more clarification? What yeah, and maybe you can explain that. Like, uh, I think the culture you're you're seeing is maybe different from what I'm seeing, and and I guess maybe too. I, I have a fear that have I contributed to this, right? Like, mm. am am I contributing to this in somehow? Like, I not weed. I'm not buying weed or producing <laughs> weed right. or or doing any of that. And you're just yet, growing it, right? just kidding the camp has to survive (laughs) somehow folks um and no i just mean like how do we um we're we're making glassware we're not actually growing the weed itself i mean um how do we keep ourselves i like a beer and and i love to sit down with a friend and have a beer right Um, and so am i am i in that way contributing to the moral decay of our youth when I say right. I was having a beer with my friend the other day and we were talking about Jesus. We were actually, you know, having this conversation mm-hmm. and we were talking about church and, and how do we live more adept? And, it, and in saying that, had they stopped at like Terry drinks, therefore I can drink and miss the whole right. rest of that conversation. Well, I think, okay, well, my, my quick answer is no, you're Knowing you personally, I don't think you're part of the the um, cause or the pattern. But I think even if what you're saying was true, that that's not also not on you. Because they're choosing to misinterpret what you've said and also misinterpret what they probably know the Bible says. I think we most of us grew up, if you grew up in the church, you, you probably grew up knowing drunkenness was wrong. When I was in high school and even university... We were too scared to even say drunk. Like, you would <laughs> never have accused someone or like told the story about someone. Like, we all mess up. They would never right. tell a story about somebody being drunk. You wouldn't have said those words. You would have said they were whatever, buzzed, gone, whatever word you want to say. Stinkoed. Um, yeah. Because there was a stigma behind the word drunk, and I also think that was kind of good because you didn't want to hit that point because you felt bad because you knew it was a sin. Um. Now, again, there's a whole kinds of legalism around that of like, well, what, what is that line? Can you go short of that line and be okay? Um, is it about a line? Is it about a number of drinks? And that's, so there's, it, there's all kinds of issues around that. But, um, but right, because we want to make go, rules, right? We want to yeah. know black and white. If we I want to know three what drinks, we can and can't do, done. but that's not the point. Right. But I guess I, I've seen us go so far past that, that now we're like, well, none of it matters at all. We just drink as much as you want and be merry um not and also not just as much yeah. as you want but as often as you want and i think that's also part of it so yeah and i'm sure COVID hasn't helped this in the last year and a half either um you know it's one of the only places you can actually go to a store <laughs> this entire time it's never closed so that's part of it and when you do decide to get together with a couple people even if it's illegal that's probably the default option now to just hang out and drink 
Yeah, because what, do you, what can you talk about? You, you have nothing to no, talk about yeah, except COVID. <laughs> Everything else you used yeah. to do is gone. And so, yeah, you, you have a couple of beers and then you feel more relaxed or... Mm-hmm. And, and I can see it. I can see it in my neighbors that have had uh, a glass of wine at supper, but now they have two glasses of wine at supper, um, just because mm-hmm. they're just dealing with the anxiety, the exhaustion, the stress. Um, and and I, but I've also had those conversations with my neighbors, and and these are non-Christian neighbors who I've yeah. sat down and talked to about it, and they're like, "Yeah, we actually just like one, we're done. Like it's just too much." it's just, I don't need it anymore. Or two, like we intentionally, they, they're intentionally taking breaks. So they're not uh. becoming dependent on, on something. And, uh, I just think that it's, in, it's a different story completely. And these are non-Christians, how they're dealing with, with the same stress and anxiety. I think what I'm seeing though, is people that are just like, just getting high so they can get high or, having a party right. because they have the f- freedom to have a party. Um, we, you have had conversations here at camp in the past where um, teens have uh, come out and confessed to one another that uh, I was, I'm a cla- closet alcoholic. I was drinking all year to get through grade 11 or right. it was like I was part of the hockey culture and then I couldn't stop and, and how negative it was and how harmful it was for them. And then to know their stories and then to see these people that are like, I'm 19 now, I can just do whatever I want. And uh, they just kind of, like, I'm still a Christian on, and I go to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and, and I'm still a Christian, but I'm, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get ripped on Friday night and maybe Saturday night because I can and I can yeah. afford it and I have a job now and or I'm, I'm in university and everybody else is doing it. And do they see Jesus in you at all? Like, how are you any different from your, your Muslim right. friend is probably living a more true spiritual journey than you are if yeah. at that point and, and more of a witness to their, their, their drunken friends than you are. If yeah. that's the situation. Right. And, um, and, and I think we need to be aware of, of just our attitude towards it, uh, and our timing with it. Right. Like, so I lived at Sunnydale and we would go and I worked in an accounting office. And, uh, when we were at, uh, I would have, I would have a couple beers in my fridge at home and I would have a beer with a coworker, but I wouldn't, take the beer into my backyard at Sunnydale because the families in Sunnydale struggle with alcohol. Uh. And it wasn't, I wasn't drinking because I wanted to fit in. I was, I would have a a drink after, uh, with supper or whatever it was. Uh. Uh, But I didn't want it to become a stumbling block. And my kids watched that whole culture around Sunnydale. We were there about a year and, and they came to me and they said, we don't want you to drink for a year. We don't want you drinking beer for a year. And I said, okay, I won't. Because they were deeply impacted by the tragic result of the lives around us that depended right. on alcohol, that depended on you know, uh, marijuana or other forms, uh, uh, ever their substances to cope. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and it's so destructive. I've had 
really close friends who went down that journey and they said it started with alcohol and then it was weed and then it wasn't enough or it was it was a cigarette and and a good whiskey and then it was uh marijuana and then it was something harder it was cocaine and it was heroin and then it was and and then they're like and i will never go back like i've been delivered from that and will never come close to any of it ever again and uh and and their stories of of like not just going cold turkey but god healing them of that addiction resonate in my life and uh-huh. as a teen i know I, I i was drawn to it towards it i saw the impact of it in my family and my father's side of the family and how it it was destructive so i stayed away from it until i was in my 30s and and julia on the other side was in a legalistic house and and was happy to go to parties and now she regrets that she's like those were those are stories i now got to understand with my kids and tell uh-huh. them and i don't want that to be what my teenage or my young adult years were for my kids i don't want them to have to ask me well what was it like and i, I don't want to have to go back there so she yeah. has, at the time you don't think about it you're just having fun and you're having a party but she had friends that were you know uh, abused at those parties she had people that went through things in those parties that they never want to go through. Um, and that's just totally like a social so, aspect of it. We're not even on the Christian aspect of it. Like what are we doing yeah. to the Holy spirit when we are the fruit of the spirit is self-control. When you, you take a hit of something you're, you're using weed, you're no longer in control. And you yeah. get to a point where you're four beers in, in 30 minutes, you're no longer in control. Yeah, and I mean, this is where I, I like to go back to that First Corinthians six twelve, where I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial, mm-hmm. and I will not be mastered by anything. I mm-hmm. think um, it's so important to remember that just because it's legal does not mean it's right, does not mean it's good for you. Um, the legality of it is it, it is a complicated issue within itself, and definitely not the thing that should just decide whether you partake in something or not. Um, I actually want to talk about marijuana for a second too, specifically that um, studies show, and this is fairly widely agreed upon, that under the age of 25, it can cause some pretty severe harm to your brain. Um, and I, I have no idea why they didn't make the legal age 25. It actually blows my mind. Um, but I would say if you're under 25, just scientifically, you're really hurting yourself. Um by by using any sort of marijuana. So I think that that's a huge reason to stay away there. Um, after the age of 25, there's, we've talked about this, Terry, there's instances where some people have um, been prescribed it or prescribed CBD or whatever different things there are um, for pain management or for different things like that. And that's a different issue as well. Yeah, and that's, that's not, not usually, about here. they're not usually smoking it. No. They're, they're, um, it's a tea or it's a pill or something like that. Yeah, and I mean they are taking out, usually taking out the THC, which is um, the more harmful part of it. But um, yeah, I think it's really important to touch on that idea that like just because it's legal does not mean it's right, does not mean it's good, does not mean it's good for you. (laughs) Um, It's good for the government's wallet is what it's good for, and that's why it's legal. So 
Um, you mean the government's yeah. not looking out for our best interest? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm shocked. My mind uh, is blown. So then I think the other thing is that while we may not think we're going to be mastered by it or we may not think we're going to be addicted to something, it's not that difficult for that to become reality. Um, and that is clearly something that the Bible warns us of and does not want us to get pulled into. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, I find like, so I mean, and I know there's people that are probably going to like hate me for this, but um, <laughs> like I know people who have just been like wanting to just want to try it. Oh, it's legal now. I want to try it. I want to see what it's like. And uh, to me, like, so to me, it's very curious. I personally have never um, tried marijuana. I have had plenty of opportunity to, um, and I chose in those moments not to. Uh, don't really know why, looking back. Like, I wasn't really great at peer pressure, so I'm not sure why I said no, other than that I just didn't really feel like it. Um, but I guess so... To me, I just find it interesting, like the desire to just want to try it. Like I, there's like, why, why do you want to be not in control of yourself? I don't understand that desire. So um, I've had a lot of, I've heard of a lot of people who have had this, had this desire, had this feeling. And so they just, uh, they try it. And I, I just think it's really interesting because um, what separates that from a laundry list of other things that you could just try? Right? Oh, I just want to try sex. <laughs> well, why is that any different? Right? Like we, lots of people who um, just want to try marijuana, maybe would know that they're and and don't have sex before marriage because they know that's wrong. But they're not saying they just want to try that, you know. And that, and that's a pretty extreme example. But there's tons of other things, right? Like, and, and so it's like I don't think just trying it is a is a good reason. I don't think it's a I think it's again something that we we've we've backslid on, like you've said, um, to do just an interesting like an interesting point or an interesting uh, point of view. I guess is what I'm getting at. It is a really interesting point of view, and it's not like I'm gonna. I'm curious what it's like to be in a car accident, so I'm gonna crash my car, right? Like or I, yeah, I'm like really curious what it's like to. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's like that old thing your parents used to say to you, like, if your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to do it too? Right. Like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm curious what it's like to free fall, but I really don't want to hit the bottom. Yeah. It, but I guess like why some would you of this, do that to yourself? Some of it is likely under the um, under the issue that we, especially as Canadians, tend to blindly trust the government, and so we're like, oh, it's legal. It must be like okay. Like it must not be harmful, it must not be bad, or it must not be like it must not be anything wrong with it. So then we just figure, why not try it? It's like having trying a drink for the first time. Nothing wrong with having my first drink when I turn nineteen. It's uh, so I think that's part of the issue is that we we're coming at it from an angle that like um, we assume that the government's just allowing it because it's good, but. Um, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> so, especially if you're under 25, it's harmful. Yeah, and I think, like, we need to be really aware of 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 one another. And going back to where we started this off, that we want to be in a place of grace and love, and and see life and growth. And it's not that we're just saying, "Hey, this is 
um, you, you're going to be doing something that's destructive to you. We care. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got to stop. And, and, and God cares and he's put his Holy spirit within you. Like he's called you to be transformed, to not conform. Curiosity is great. And it's something that we all struggle with curiosity, but uh-huh. if it's destructive curiosity, man, you need to pray that out of your life. You got to yeah. get somebody beside you that you can say, hey, I, this is a destructive curiosity of mine. Help me not do this. And it, whether that's, or that's pornography or that's, uh, marijuana or that's, you know, alcohol or, yeah, yeah, sexual whatever. temptation or whatever, yeah, whatever it is, it is yeah. wherever it goes, it could be, um, it could be gossip. It could be spending habits. It could be, uh, it, like we're, we're just talking about drugs and alcohol today, like marijuana. We're not even talking about drugs. We're talking about weed and alcohol, both legal at the age of 19. And we're saying we're concerned because our friends, our brothers and sisters in Jesus, we're afraid that you're taking a reckless position with something that's fire that you're going to get burned mm-hmm. by. And, uh, and we know it. And, and, uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about it. it talks about, talks about a lot of things and that are for our benefit that we are allowed to do. And some of this stuff is just really destructive and the world does it and, and, and appears to enjoy it. And they're on the road to hell. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know that I really want to be on that road with them. Yeah. Um, so I guess like shifting, shifting, but like touching on the topic of alcohol a bit more. Um, like as Terry's mentioned, we're not, we're not anti-drinking, but um, I guess I would be anti-drinking as a lifestyle. I'd be, and I would say that like the Bible's pretty clear that you're not supposed to be drunk. So those are a couple of things that I think, again, that we've backslid or um, how would you use the word insidious in this case? Because I really want to use it, but the, these things you mean have become slow, insidious. Or subtle, that, that slow, shifting subtle, subtle shifting of the burn. Yeah. Like that shifting, that slow, subtle um, yeah, like, eroding right. of, of what is yeah. okay and what's not okay. Right? It starts yeah, off with like, like, oh, I'll gradual, have. Gradual, subtle, harmful change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the from, way that it wants to happen. From drinking to drunk, drunkenness, sorry. So I think that's yeah. been like the huge, or the huge, but the slow change. But it has been, it's, it is a huge change if you look at it from start to end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like I think there's just, uh, there's just this like acceptance now of like, oh, well, like as long as they don't do anything stupid or as long as they like, um, don't do anything crazy, I guess. Right. As long as you're like mostly in control of yourself. You're so out of control. But like you get to that point where you just don't have a filter. You don't know what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, you say things and then afterwards you, you're deeply regretful. You have to apologize. If you have to apologize for your actions the next day, then you've done something completely wrong. Don't go back to that place. Um, yeah, for sure. It, it just, I think it's like that idea that, like, I, I, I think about the different stories in the Bible. And it's like, Jesus just wants what's best for us, right? He doesn't want yeah. us. 
this, this is going to just hurt your heart. Stop it. Um, well, it I do, do want to say, I think that like with drinking, again, we were in a legalistic spot where we wanted it to be an objective amount was the right amount because we want them, we want an answer, we want it to be black and white. And I do think and that like drinking or drunkenness is a subjective thing. Um, but you know it when you see it or you know it when you've been there. I guess it's, you know for yourself when you've been there. And it's not so much about worrying about judging other people, but this is about looking at your, your own actions and your own um, your own times of drinking, I guess. And yeah, like it, it is a subjective thing. Like someone can have, it's not about a number of beers or a number of drinks because that can change per person and how that affects each person is different. Um, but you know when, like there's a line and you need to find that line for yourself and you know when you've crossed that line in, in, in your past probably. And if you if you haven't, then that's great too. But you got to yeah. find that line and know when to not go near it. Don't just get close to it because I've heard this before, like you get close to that line and you fall, you're going to fall way over that line. If you don't way, get too close to it and you fall, yeah. you're going to fall short. And your motivation is such a big part of it, right? Why am mm -hmm. I? Am I drinking to get drunk? Am I drinking to have a good time? Right. Right. Can I, I not have a good time if there's no alcohol? Like, how did I manage the first yeah. 30 years of my life having a good time with no alcohol? Well, for some it's only 18, but... Right. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, but I, I'm just I do saying... I think that's like, an interesting... That's also a big uh, big thing to look at and, and, again, to examine within ourselves is, am I losing the ability to have fun without this alcohol? Yeah. Um, if I choose not to drink tonight, will I not have as much fun? I'll often do that where I'll just choose not to have alcohol or choose not to have more than one drink when others are. And that doesn't, it shouldn't make a difference and it doesn't make a difference. And um, can you do that for yourself as well? Like if you just choose not to, are you going to stand out? Is it going to be bad? Yeah. Like that might be a Another, sign that the people you're around aren't right for you either. Yeah. And, and like, that's a very clear sign. Like a lot of times it's like, well, I'll drink because I'm with my friends and, right. and I don't want to, I don't want to seem rude. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I don't think your friends, uh, I think your friends are probably friend enough to not be offended by the fact you're not drinking with them. Right. It's just a drink. Like you have to give into that kind of peer pressure. Like it just doesn't seem right. And so I would, mm -hmm. I would really question that too is like, uh, you know, like you don't, you don't need this and maybe those friends need you not to drink. Yeah. And, and what about the friends we have? For us, like, what about these these young guys and girls that we know that are drinking too much? How do we how do we help them? How do we stop them? How do we come to them and say with grace and love, you you might have uh, a concern here. I have a concern uh -huh. for you in this situation. Uh, what do we do in that? Like the what? Like I guess the whole point is so so what? So what do we do now? If, we're seeing this in yeah. our friends and we're seeing this in our culture and we're seeing this in our Christian friends, in our Christian culture, this crossing of a line, this, um, here we can know how it happens. One, we want to have some fun and, and, and we think that that's the way we have to do it. Or two, maybe we're depressed and, and that's how we're coping. Uh, or, or maybe it's just become part of our lifestyle. Like I, I tried once and now I can't stop. Yeah. So well, what I do we do? How do we help? One one clarification I think it's important sure. here is the point of this topic is not for us to look on our past and to feel bad about things that we've done. Um, because again, we've all made mistakes. The, th the point of this is that I think we've seen a, a pattern or a change 
that has gone from um, making mistakes to being okay with living in those mistakes and being okay with living this way. Like this is just, we've accepted it. And so I guess that the number one thing I think is just a self-examination and knowing for yourself if you've gone too far, if where that line is, or um, if you need to make a change in your own life, like that's the easiest thing to do and, and to just try and convince others to do that as well. Um, but if, if you have a Christian friend who's unwilling to do that, then that's where I guess you have to step in and, and talk to them about it. And I guess, I mean, that can be tough and that can really suck, but um, that's part of, of love. And that's part of the tough, the tough part of, of love, the tough love um, is that you have to, to speak truth into people and you have to um, tell them what you see and what you're observing. And you can do that in a loving way and in a, a graceful way um, with kindness. And I think that's really important. Um, we are called to do that. We are not called to just sit by and watch our friends um, slowly drift away or backslide or... Yeah. Galatians calls us, right? The next chapter, yeah. 6 1, is like carry each other's burdens and carry mm. your own load. Like make sure that you're you're assessing can I carry what I'm I'm carrying? Am I yeah. take assessment of yourself and also help your neighbor carry, like help your brother, help your sister carry their load. Like yeah. come to them and be honest with them. If you yeah. if you can't assess yourself, make sure you have two or three friends that will tell you the the honest truth. The honest to God truth, like bef before you and me and God, you have, I think there might be a concern here. How do we help? And if I come to you and I say, I think I have this problem, Zach, I would expect you to say, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> or right. Zach, do I have a problem with this? You know, I've been thinking about it, Terry, you might, uh, how do we help you? Right. And, and, and vice versa, I would come to you and say the same thing like Zach, I, mm -hmm. what do we do? How, how do we, how do I, how, how can I help you move past this? Yeah. Um, how do we help our friends and how do we help move past this? How do we, how do we get our culture back to a place of, I don't know if the word is moderation. Is that the right word? How do we get our, yeah, our culture away from like, back into the center where, where our focus is on God and, and I can deny myself to witness to my friend and I can also enjoy a beer to witness to my friend and I yeah. can, and, and know that that path that's forward. Uh, again, I'm of legal age here. I just want to make sure that people are aware <laughs> of that I'm not 15 and saying, I need to have a drink with my friend. Uh, at 15, oh. <laughs> it's not legal. You should not be having drinks with your friends. Right. Um, but how do how do we get back to that point where we come back to the center and say, I, I don't, I don't want to, to live that way. It hurts God's heart. I want to be transformed into his image. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Like, I don't have a perfect answer for you. I think we need to just start by examining ourselves and then talk to our friends about it. I, I do like those three points you brought up. Like, have we misunderstood scripture? Hmm. Is is this out of self-preservation or am I spiritually dead? Right. And uh, there is a conversation we've had a number of times about you can tell a tree by its fruit, but right, often right. we try and address the fruit without getting to the root. Yeah. And so are there like, 
There's some trees around here and there's dead branches in it. Am I spiritually dead in this area? And I need mm. to trim that off and get back to the right. This is just going to infect the whole tree if I don't cut this off. So maybe that's, maybe that's where we would, I would say, go back to those three questions. This is maybe a good, like, I'm glad you brought this up because maybe yeah. this is the starting point that we need for this conversation for ourselves, for myself. Mm. Yeah. If you're listening and you're like, I don't know, where do I, where am I at? Well, ask this question. Like, have I misunderstood scripture? Yeah. Um, am I reading this wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, two, am I just doing this for self-preservation? All my right. Christian friends are getting drunk. I, I, no, I don't want to be the wild one out. <laughs> I don't want to be the one who's like, a stick in a mug. I don't want to be the one who's like pointing fingers at them. I don't want them to be like, right. So I chose mm-hmm. to be here. I guess I got to get drunk with them. Yeah. That's not a right. That's not a right spot. It's not right for them to put you in that spot. It's also not a right spot to be. So am I doing this out of self-preservation? And right. three, is there actual spiritual death within me where I need God to bring life again and healing? And that can leave a wound, man. That can leave a wound that takes time to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to have grace for people. Like you come to me and say, I, "This is where I'm struggling," and in my in my love for your life and your growth in Jesus, I have to be able to enable you to grow and have grace and forgiveness and and allow that growth. And, and sometimes it's tough love, uh, and it's not because we're being mean. It's just that like. Hey, I asked you and you said, when I, this, when I do this, I need you to tell me. And if I do this, I want this to be the consequence that I set for myself and you hold me accountable to it. Now, if I follow through on that, Zach, with you, mm-hmm. you can't hate me for that. Right. You've asked me to do this out of love. And yeah. out of love, I'm saying, Zach, I love you enough to hold you accountable. Right. Now, when I hold you accountable, you could hate me for that. Am I willing to sacrifice our relationship out of love? Uh, Hopefully. I think so. I think that's what the father does. And the, the prodigal son, he's like, the son comes to him and says, I'm out of here. Yeah. I, I can't live with my legalistic brother. I'm going to go party for a while. And just to me, you're dead. I can't live in your rules and I can't live with your religion. I can't live with my older brother who thinks he's always better than me. Yeah. And so he's out of there. And then he comes back. Because at least in that house, I had clothes and food to eat. So when when he comes back, the father just welcomes him, right? Yeah. So I like their approach of like, if you're finding this a struggle or an issue for yourself or maybe someone else, you can look at one of those three things as potentially being the root. Is it that you're not understanding what scripture says? Um, Because it's fairly clear. Um, Is it that you're worried about yourself, your own image or self-preservation, or is it that you're just spiritually dead and maybe you know what scripture says or you just don't care? Because um, it's probably one of those three things. It's probably the root of why you're uh, struggling with something like this. So um, addressing the root is only the, the only fix to the problem. Otherwise, you're just going to be cutting off branches and they're going to come back again. Yeah, and, and you don't want that in your life. that was good that was good i think we'll come back to this next week yeah i think we'll Um, touch on another subtopic of this conversation yeah let's do that discussion let's do that we uh uh, we should maybe pray for 
our listeners right now in, in this sure. whole situation. Uh, do you want to do that? You want me to do that? You do it. All right. God, I really, I, I just lift up to you, my brothers and sisters, that if this is a struggle in their life, ah, I hurt for them. I cry with them. I want to have fun with them. And uh, if their struggle is um, is a misunderstanding, would you would you convict them of that, Holy Spirit? You live in their lives, and I pray that you would show them they can have control, they can have your fullness, they can have your life. God, if, if you are convicting them that uh, they're just trying to save themselves and they just want to fit in and they just need to be a part of something, um, man, that is such a rustle uh, in our own lives every day. And would you help them to see that they are a valuable member in our family and that we love them and we just want them to know that. And, and my last prayer, God, is if there's, there's something that needs to be cut off, there's a spiritual death in them, would you bring new life and, and new growth in their lives, we pray. In your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Um, sure. Like the new playground at the camp should be done this weekend. So no that's weeks. exciting. Yeah, um, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. It's been a really fun thing to watch. And Timothy training is underway. And so if you're out there and you're thinking about it, pray for these uh, six people at Timothy Training. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know. The world's looking kind of crazy in different places around us. And, uh, you know, this is just one area close to home that I think we should really chat about. And I'm glad we're having this conversation. Me too. Yeah. guess we'll continue it next week, right? Yeah, that's great. Thanks, everybody. Um, God bless. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.